Welcome to the Soul Mama podcast, where we have deep and honest conversations about healing, awakening, spirituality, and wellness on this sacred journey of conscious motherhood. We ask how we can walk this path in a way that nourishes, elevates, and heals us and our children. We deserve space and time to slow down and tune in to our hearts, to heal ourselves, and to honor our highest callings. It starts with us. I'm Nahanda Truscott-Reed. I'm a mother, holistic wellness coach, writer, and speaker, and I am passionate about all of the ways we can raise our consciousness and come into more alignment and power as women and mothers. So we can heal the past and make more empowered choices for the future. Our stories and voices matter. It is my intention that these conversations inspire, motivate, and move you on your own Soul Mama journey. I'm so honored that you're here. Welcome to this solo episode of the Soul Mama podcast. This is the last of season two and only my second solo episode since I did the ending of season one where I did a roundup of season one. So yeah, it's been a minute. It's been um, 12 weeks of powerful conversations with uh, guest speakers of women, of thought leaders. And I always like to have a moment where it just comes back to me and you and we get to, um, yeah, explore some of the themes that have been coming up over this past season. And also for me to give you an insight into how things are going for me right now. Um, and so just to give you a sense, I am sat in my living room at my desk with my vision board in front of me and on the vision board I can see the vibrant faces of some women who've been on the podcast and some women who are yet to be on the podcast and it's one of the things that has been really fundamental and instrumental in just really creating the theme and the vision for what this podcast is for me and so to describe some of that vision I really intended for this podcast to be a a virtual gathering of sorts almost like a sister circle where we would have the wisdom of our elders of women who are walking the path of motherhood in a conscious and sacred way of healers in our community, of storytellers, to actually come into the circle and and speak their truth, to share their wisdom, to shine their light. And every woman I invite is with that intention to to add her voice to this collection, this growing collection of, um, yeah, of beautiful soul mamas and soul women on this journey of conscious motherhood. And so I really pray that that is the energy that you receive every episode. Um, it's the warmth and the light that keeps me showing up um, and committed and consistent. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this invitation to just reflect for a little while. And in terms of theme, 
I always like to feel a little bit intuitively into what I'm seeing through the women that I'm supporting in my own work, what I'm hearing kind of come up time and time again throughout the podcast, but also what's showing up for me in my own life. And it was so obvious (laughs) this time, like, yes, the theme of this conversation really is going to be a deep dive into rest, into all things rest, into why it's so important, yet why we find it so hard, and yet the power of rest, the benefit of rest, and the rebirth that comes as a result of rest. So that is going to be the interlinking theme that kind of weaves its way through some of my musings. But I just firstly wanted to say thank you for your time. Thank you for the space that you've created to tune in to this podcast, whether it's your first time or your 34th time. Can you believe we're up to like 33 and 34 now? Um, So yeah, for all of you who listen, who engage, who share, who support me, I am so grateful for you. And I also wanted to make special mention to Ayana Witter-Johnson, whose beautiful song Playground continues to be the perfect intro and outro music that I use on the podcast. And this time around, I actually had some support from a podcast editor called Sunny, who's from Podcast Creator, and he helped me remotely to divide up these conversations into two, to introduce music and to really kind of hone the messages that I was trying to get across and so for those who've heard from the beginning I'd love to hear your feedback on how that has been feeling whether or not this part one part two half an hour long uh, episodes work better than the kind of deep dive one hour ish long conversations that I did in the first season um and so, yeah, that, that's just something for you to reflect on and feedback to me, either through DM um, on Instagram at Soul Mama Coach, or you can always email me and details of my email address are at the end of this um, episode. And then, of course, I really have to thank all of the women who came through to all of the guests who've brought their wisdom, who've brought their truth, who've brought their stories who've brought their experiences. We have had a beautiful array of women for season two to grace uh, the airwaves of the Sovereign podcast. And we started with Yoli Maya Ye, who spoke so eloquently and passionately about the art of sacred dreaming and the power of yoga nidra, which ties in beautifully to rest and what we're going to be exploring more deeply in this theme but hers was a standout one for me just because it really encapsulated how powerful we are as women in our own healing journeys you know when we are actually in our own moments of crises as Yoli was when she had a autoimmune disease um, kind of show itself in a way that could have caused a breakdown when she was pregnant and with her son and she turned deep deep within and committed to a practice of daily nidra for I think two hours twice a day and she was able to heal herself and just 
having those testimonies, having these examples of women who remember the power, who remember the intrinsic um, inner healer that we all have within us. You know, that is my invitation with with the Soul Mama journey and with this podcast is to share stories that illuminate that path within each of us. And so some of my other highlights, I mean, obviously, I loved all of my interviews and um, conversations with women, but some that really stood out, as well as Yoli's, was uh, Rochelle, Rochelle Garcia-Saliga from Innate Traditions. And in that episode, which was the second of season two, we had a deep dive into the real reasons why women's physiology needs to be the center of women's health and especially supporting mothers through the transition of birth and postpartum, like actually really using what the body needs and what our biology is telling us to become the framework for nourishing care for women. And so really hearing uh, Rochelle speak to the fact that we need to configure different ways of visualizing family, different ways of organizing our lives so that we are not the sole carriers of the responsibility of the of the burden of the energy strain that it takes to to consciously raise a a family you know and I remember the question that really moved me was when I said like how do you juggle everything you know you you have a homestead you have a business you have a husband you have a child how are you showing up in the ways that you do so consistently and she said I don't have it all together I don't have that balance like balance is not even the goal really and you know she she went on to speak about how some days you know things go well and you know that's that's amazing when it does and other days her life felt like a shit show and I just remember feeling so moved in my appreciation of acknowledgement of being seen of being witnessed and realizing that listen we are all trying our best and we are all showing up in the ways that we know how to and yet it doesn't stop that feeling hard, it doesn't stop that feeling like a lot, it doesn't stop that feeling overwhelming at times and to hear women that I am inspired by, that I hope inspire you to also share that, you know, I want all of these conversations to almost be anti the perfect mother narrative that we've seen unfold through you know the commodification of motherhood spaces and having so many products and services sold to us as things that will fix us or make us become more productive mothers or better mothers or better looking mothers or you know like all of that can just stay far away as far as I'm concerned because we do not need any extra pressure any extra conviction that we are not enough that what we are doing is not enough you know and so I hope that these conversations are an antithesis to that pressure that we feel and we place on ourselves and we internalize you know it's not always coming from another from outside of us you know it's internalized things that we we 
play out in our own lives and in our own anxiety and in our own judgment of what we're doing and what we're not doing. And so that episode was a real gem for me. And then the last one that I want to highlight was Queen Afua, which was 31 and 32. Um, And so the last of the guest interviews in the second season. And if you haven't heard that episode, um, I encourage you to go back. It's one of my favorite to date where Queen of Fua, the powerhouse that is Queen of Fua, author of Sacred Woman, just really takes us to church and encourages us to connect with that that gives us power, connect with our divinity, connect with God, connect with our ancestors, connect with spirit, you know, connect with what it is, that life force that moves through each of us, that enables us to create life and to sustain life. Connect to that for ourselves, for our own healing, for our own thriving. And that episode was just, yeah, so powerful for me. And so those were some of my highlights, but I would love to hear some of yours. Again, you can DM me at soul mama coach on instagram or write in at the email address at the end um but i just love hearing you know some of your aha moments some of the things that really shifted your understanding or really just helped you break through a limiting belief because i i know that this is happening for women and it's so reaffirming when i hear it from you so just taking a moment just to to feel into what has been some of your favorites um and yeah giving me some inspiration as well for some guests that will hopefully come on to future seasons and so now i said i was going to give you a little bit of a personal update as to how things have been unfolding in my own life over the last three months so from January until pretty much a couple of weeks ago, uh, schools were closed, uh, businesses was closed, uh, London was in tier four restrictions, uh, which basically means that everybody was supposed to be in their house and, you know, access to a lot of the support networks that I know people have been relying on were once again restricted. And so for me personally, I make it a practice not to tune into the news and to not get sucked into the fear and the agenda that I feel is at play. Um, But I couldn't help but realize that I and my family are, of course, deeply affected by the changes. And so my daughter is five, my son is three, and to not have um, schools and nurseries, to not have childcare, to not have friends and play dates and all of the things that, you know, are an integral part of our life um, was really tough. And, you know, on a practical level, it meant compressing all of my clients into the mornings and then really late in the evenings once the kids were in bed whilst my husband was working full-time from home um, it also meant tuning into homeschooling through zoom which just brought up so much resistance for me let alone for my child like she 
she didn't want to do it. I didn't want her to do it. I was also torn because I felt like we should do it. But then I was like, no, this is not how it's supposed to feel. And, you know, I am sure many of you who have been homeschooling during this time can testify to just the plethora of emotions that being our child's teacher in a scenario where we are, you know, potentially be feeling quite drained and under-resourced ourselves, how much that really takes, you know, and how that affects the relationship with your child and the relationship with your partner even. And, you know, if you don't have a partner, if you were doing that solo and you're doing that across multiple children, across multiple different curriculums, like, I feel like mothers really took the brunt of what that impact was. And so speaking for myself and saying that that felt like a lot. And I'm also holding space and acknowledgement for all of you who were navigating your own circumstances, be it with a baby, a child, or, you know, a partner, or however that dynamic was for you. You know, we were all juggling our own stuff. And so, yeah, tired was an understatement, right? Like it was just a continual like pushing through and not knowing when things were going to shift again and when we were going to be able to have support and when schools were going to be open and really just trusting and showing up day after day. And if I'm honest, it's one of the things that has really made me just rethink how I'm approaching my own business and, you know, where I want to live and how I want to live. And, you know, those are much bigger conversations, you know, that have come up previously on the podcast around relocation and creating community and living in a way that feels free and liberated. And so, again, that's a slight trajectory. But what I do want to bring us back to is that when schools did open then and we were able to send our kids back, how did you actually respond? I know for me, I had the intention of like, okay, I'm going to take a few moments to like decompress and then I am going to just ramp up all of the effort, all of the work because literally I felt like my to-do list from January was just like collecting dust <laughs> And I was like, there is so much still that I really want to do and put my energy and creativity towards. And yet there is this feeling like, and where is the rest been, you know? And I felt that in my clients. I felt like, you know, women were so excited to have this time back. And yet that time was then just being poured into other ways of doing, other means of productivity, other you know, tasks and to-do lists that felt like the pressure had been building towards. And again, to me, that leads to burnout. That leads to an unsustainable way of actually living and navigating. And so I sought out some support from a therapist. Um, I would say he's more of a therapist healer. Um, And I really wanted to kind of find some ways that I could move powerfully into the next chapters of the things that I wanted to do. And his feedback to me was 
frustratingly unsurprising he he said you know I see where you are I see what your intentions are I see that you have a lot to do and you know your purpose in the world is big and yet I don't want us to focus on any of those things I feel like you need to rest and until you can really honor that there's not much that I want to do to kind of support you to produce more or to achieve more and I was like taken aback because I'm usually the one on the other end, like, you know, advising and supporting mamas, be it through conscious conception or pregnancy or motherhood. And usually I hear myself echoing like, you know, you really need rest. You know, you need to give yourself permission to have some rest because I can see, I can see in women's eyes when they're tired. I can feel it in their spirit when they're tired. I can hear that they've had interrupted night sleep for however long and, you know, children's sleep habits have shifted and all of the things. And I am always encouraging and inviting women to just really deepen into rest. And so to hear him say that to me was like, it was just a moment where I was like, aha, yes, I, I know that. And okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take that on board. And I remember coming off the call and having a nap straight away and just being like, okay, you know what? Let me take that on because I I know this, right? And then I had an ancestral reading from a dear friend of mine who was speaking into some other parts of my life, but still this echo of rest and trust and having faith mean doing less, not doing more, came up. And I was like, okay. And I was smiling just thinking about it because it was literally like, okay, ancestors, I hear you. I I feel you. And yes, I am deepening into my commitment to rest. And then third, third thing uh, another beautiful friend of mine who's also a client um, said, I would love to give you a card reading. And I've I never normally done card readings, but I said, yeah, I would love to try and, you know, let's see what comes up. And she drew maybe nine cards and no word of a lie, like every deck that she chose, one of the cards that came up was around rest and self-care and space for tranquility and stillness and I was like listen if this is not going to be the theme for this podcast I don't know what is so that's just to say that this has been showing up for me in all of the ways and I am committing to reintegrating it back into my own life back into my own practice back into my own body because I recognize that it's easy to understand rest. It's easy to agree that rest is important, but it's a lot harder to actually show up for it and to commit to it and to make it a sacred ongoing practice. And so I want to talk to that today. I want to hear from you what rest means and what, why you might find it hard. Um, and I want to share some of the comments that came up when I posted this invitation on my Instagram. And so I asked why women find it hard to rest, even though we know that we need it, even though we're tired and we're 
really wanting that rest, why don't we do it? And I just wanna share some of the comments that came back. So these are anonymous and verbatim. Um, So one woman says, let me tell you, this is a really silly reason and just one of many, but I am turning 40 this year and I just can't dismiss the thought that every time I need rest and I honor rest, that it means that I'm getting old. There, I said it. And so to this woman and to anyone else who has been feeling that same association with rest, meaning that your body is aging or that you're not as energetic and young as you used to feel or, you know, this sense of self-judgment really and self-deprecation around the natural need for rest. I want to speak to you for a second. The thing that keeps us feeling youthful and vibrant is really honoring our energy ebbs and flows, right? So if we are expecting ourselves to be able to push through and produce in the same way through all stages of our lives, then we don't understand our biology. We don't understand that we are extensions of nature, that we have seasons, that we have our own natural um, inclinations for productivity and also our our lulls, our energy lulls that are natural and our opportunities for our body to really renew itself, right? And so it may be that as you are maturing, that you are going through different cycles and stages of your life in which you do need more rest. But does it mean that you can't show up in a more youthful and vibrant way? No. Does it mean that we need to demonize aging and put youthfulness on a pedestal when actually aging is where a lot of our wisdom comes, right? You know, why do we resist it so much, right? So that's another thought. And then it's just really understanding that actually the more that we actually show up for the rest practice, the more energy we will feel, the more youthful we will feel anyway, right? If that's your aim and that's your intention, that that is my deep belief, you know? So that was that one. The next one said, sometimes for me, it can be so hard to rest during the day because I feel like I have so much to do. And even though I know that it's needed, I often wait until late into the evening to allow myself time to rest. Again, this addictive nature of being attached to productivity. And because I know that this is a cultural and societal thing, it's a collective thing, I never make this about the individual, um, but I always just hold up, like, where are these messages coming from? Who told you you couldn't rest? You know, who else is it compromising if you give yourself that time? And so these are questions that I'm posing back to you today, if you've ever had that thought. Another woman writes in, I think if I was more settled in my achievements, it would change so much. Being able to accept where I actually am would enable me to show up for rest, but that as an option feels really difficult. And so we are almost punishing ourselves by not resting because we are judging ourselves less successful than we expected to be 
because we have a list of achievements that we expect ourselves to have done by now and because we haven't we don't deserve rest i'm i'm asking it in this way not to bring any judgment to that woman i am so grateful for all of these comments but i'm just i'm reposing the question and i'm saying like are we not worthy of our own need to rest and would not the rest in itself give us more energy, give us more fuel, give us more fire to actually being able to achieve more. The last comment that I'm going to share is from a woman I supported in her conscious conception who's now heavily pregnant. And she wrote to say, I laid down twice today. And I'm heavily pregnant and it was so needed. I was so tired, but it took me so long to disengage from my phone and to move away from the never ending to-do list that kept running through my mind. And this really speaks to so much that I want us to unpack and get into. Firstly, when we are pregnant, the ways that we are feeling in our bodies, in our emotions, in our spiritual awareness has such a profound impact on how our babies grow, right? And so there is a lot of research and evidence now that talk about how important the life in utero is for the baby and how much of the blueprint of a baby's nervous system is is built in and around and from the womb of the mother. And this is gets to the root of all of my work because, you know, creating that healthy foundation to conceive and then creating practices in your pregnancy that allow you to actually rest and to counter that kind of stress level um, is so important. And I watched actually a really important documentary called In Utero, which talks exactly about this link to our predispositions and our behaviors that are directly impacted and um, designed basically in response to how life was for us in our mother's wombs. So this is not, again, to place any judgment onto this woman, but it's to say that, you know, sometimes we have these fallacies around I'll be able to rest when I'm pregnant, when I have a baby, you know, when I'm on maternity leave. It's like there is never going to be a right time to rest. But if there's going to be any time which, when it is important to rest, pregnancy is one of them, right? And so that's number one. Number two is we might make it as far to lie down to actually stop doing whatever we're doing and to lay ourselves down and we still might not be resting because we have the phone, right? And so the phone is like, seriously, like a nemesis for me at the moment in the sense that I just am seeing how addicted we are becoming to it as a collective and how normalized that is becoming, you know, in the home, breaking down communication and focus and our our energy really and so again 
I'm not going to get into a whole thing about phones, but you know, having the phone in your hand and lying down is clearly not going to be giving you the benefits of deep rest. Okay. So that admission is just to bring all of us into that awareness. Like I've been there. I do that. You know, sometimes before bed, you know, that light, those, all of it, it's not helping. Right. And yet we still do it. And so the first thing that I would encourage women who are wanting to begin a rest practice is to have the putting down of the phone or the switching off of the phone be the first indicator that you are now showing up for yourself. Then she mentioned that to-do list that was swirling around her head. And so again, that comes to like, how do we actually rest? Cool, we agree, we want to rest. We turn off the phone, we lie down. But how do we actually rest? And so I am feeling into doing a deep dive, you know, a guided weekly course or program, which really takes women collectively through what it means to rest, setting up space in your home where you can rest, clearing clutter or things that, you know, cause static in your vision around the space that you want to rest. Um, creating a space that feels like a sanctuary to rest, you know, using a weighted blanket or having a nice rug, that kind of, you know, one of those cozy fur rugs or um, having a space that becomes your place to rest, to switch off, to tap out, to recharge. You know, we have this understanding that, you know, kids can't stick at a activity for too long you know they need to have moments where they can get up and move around and process and integrate and yet we don't apply that for ourselves and to me it's like adulting doesn't mean that our needs for rest are any less it just means that we've been conditioned to ignore them more right we have been conditioned to accept that sitting at a screen all day is us showing up for our work and that means that we're committed and that means we're on our grind and that means we're hustling and I'm just like no (laughs) can you tell that I'm slightly passionate about rest and it's because I I know how good it feels when we can actually do it and we can reframe it in a way that means that we don't feel guilty and we don't feel disappointed. So I think I had um, one of the comments where she said, I have laid down to rest today, but I feel so guilty and disappointed in myself. And I was like, yeah, this is this is pervasive. It's like, showing up for rest is part one but then what that rest actually means and how you speak to yourself about that rest afterwards is still part of the healing you know what does healing our relationship with rest actually look like well it looks like not feeling guilt after we've given ourselves what we need right it means that we reward ourselves that we encourage ourselves and support ourselves and celebrate ourselves because we have given ourselves that time and so how can we understand and believe and trust that rest is something that we need to celebrate and not feel guilty for 
And so I wanted to share this quote, which is from uh, Tracy Hersey, who is the founder of the Nap Ministry. And if you haven't followed the Nap Ministry on Instagram, I suggest you hop over and do because just the work that she is doing as a minister of rest um, is beautiful. And she speaks directly to people of color um, who have a particular nuanced association with rest because of the history of slavery, because of the inability of our ancestors to rest, of the ways that, you know, human rights and freedoms have been denied um, on a collective level to many of our, our ancestors. And so then the models that we have of rest or the associations that we have of rest, all of these things become warped because we don't know what it looks like to have a healthy association with rest. And so this quote she says is, rest is a healing portal into a space where things can become different. A place that's sacred for you where you don't have to deal with the microaggressions of life. And I take that and expand it. You don't have to deal with anything else that's happening in your life that is causing you your peace, that is causing stress, that is causing anxiety, that is causing your energy to be outpoured and drained in a way that doesn't feel good to you. Rest is the antithesis of that. And one of the things that I noted when I was thinking, you know, what are the most important things that I want to get across around rest? And the words that came up were, rest is faith in practice. I just want to let that land for a minute. If you really trusted, if you really were to put faith into practice, then it would enable you to rest because you know that you are not the sole doer that is working in your life. You know that you are not the only one who is having to work out every single problem or challenge or thing that needs to happen. And I am always talking about opening to receive and opening to the highest vibrations, the higher source to kind of pour through into us. And I don't know if you've seen that meme where it shows um, ancestors trying to speak and it says, every time I try to speak, these people are on their damn phone. And it was like, okay, we're going back to the phone. But my point is, very rarely are we giving space and time to receive, to receive without expectation, to receive energy, wisdom, guidance, inspiration, creativity. Like where do we go to receive that, to actually bring it forth? Most of us are in this way of approaching our work, which it's like, I have to produce it. I have to do it. I have to come up with the solution, the answer, the strategy, the all of the things. And what I'm saying with the rest is it's this much deeper invitation to receive and to live in a way that practices 
your faith and your trust. So I realize I have been speaking for a while and I am hopefully starting to, you know, create this understanding around rest as being something far deeper than just laying down and having a nap. It being part of a spiritual experience and a way of living and being in this life that really challenges all of the mainstream pervasive narratives of consumerism and capitalism and patriarchy and productivity as our worth and it gets us into a space of honoring the real truth that deep knowing that we are worthy and we are enough and we deserve space and time to rest and so I want to leave us with another quote this one from Uma Dinsmortuli who some of you will know is a great teacher of mine um, I studied womb yoga and therapy with Uma and she is the author of Yoni Shakti and she's just writing or in the process of finishing a book on Nidra on the act of yogic sleep, which is a practice that I also lead some of my women through, um, which is that space between waking and sleeping where you are still lucid, but you are surrendering. And so I would love to share a rest practice, or maybe I'll link it to the website in the show notes, but I am gonna give you a link to a rest practice that you can listen to and do. Um, But the quote that I wanted to share was, even here in the lands of our dreams, even this intimate territory of rest, our sleep has been colonized. Just as the land beneath our tired bones has been owned and sold, thieved from us and rented back to us so too has sleep been stolen from us by the lords of profit. And so that was a quote from Uma Dinsmortuli. And she has some beautiful writings on sleep and rest and the healing power of Nidra. But I just wanted to leave that as an invitation for all of us who say that we are wanting to live liberated lives that we are wanting to be conscious and have a way of countering the pervasive narratives of colonization. Rest is a radical act if we can understand how sovereign we are in honoring ourselves. And so, On this Sunday, day of rest, that I am recording this, I have a few more hours before my children are home from my mum-in-laws and I'm going to be cooking us a beautiful Sunday dinner and I also have a talk that I'm doing this evening and so it's not that there will always be these clear pockets of time but please believe after this I am literally going to lay myself down and just let go. 
just be in stillness, in silence. Finding that inner peace, that inner calm. And so if you are interested in perhaps going on a journey of rest with me as a guide to, you know, walking that path with you, taking some of those practical steps, leading you you through some of those visualizations, I would love to hear from you. I'm in the space of planning what that might look like right now. So keep posted to all of my pages, whether it's on Instagram at Soul Mama Coach, on the podcast, on the Soul Mama blog, um, in my newsletter. I will be speaking about how it feels best for this to unfold. But I'm planting the seed with you here first that even without any guidance from me or anyone else, lean into that space in your life, in your day, to have some moments of rest. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your time. And rest well. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to www.soulmamajourney.com for more resources, including the Soul Mama blog, the show notes to each episode with links and references to everything mentioned, and for more ways to work with me one-to-one. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Soul Mama Coach for more personal shares and updates, and you can email me at nahanda at soulmamajourney.com. I so love to hear from you. Share the love with your friends, family, and anyone who would benefit from listening to this. And if you could take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, wherever you've listened to it, that really helps more people to discover it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Stay blessed.